Most of us know that sometimes in life, well-thought-out plans are not a guarantee that everything will go accordingly. In Luke chapter 1, we meet a man named Zacchaeus. He was a priest who came from a long line of men in the priesthood. And there were also priests in his wife's family. Zechariah and Elizabeth are described as God-honoring people, upright in the sight of the Lord. However, the priesthood did not exempt him from life's challenging situations. Just like all of us, they too had an issue that they were dealing with. And I'd like to invite you right now to think about what is that issue that you're dealing with? What is that situation that at times keeps you up at night? Elizabeth and Zechariah's issue was infertility. She was barren. She was old. They had wanted and prayed for children, but it had not happened. And most probably, others view them as insignificant and forgotten people by God. In those days, if women could not conceive, it was believed that there was something intrinsically wrong with them. They were ostracized as if they had leprosy. Can you imagine? And Elizabeth's husband was a priest. Perhaps that event had marked them. And they allowed the situation to define them. They had convinced themselves that they would never be able to have a child. How do we know this? Because one day when Zechariah was in the temple ministering to the Lord, the Bible tells us that an angel appeared to him. And it wasn't just not any other angel. It was the angel Gabriel. And he said to him, do not be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to give him the name John. Then the angel proceeded to tell him the events that would follow and to describe the child, what he would be like. But Zechariah could not believe it. He thought that it was too late for he and his wife to have a child. He even asked the angel for a sign. And as a result of his unbelief, he was left mute until the baby was born. Here's where the reframing comes in. As the late Dr. Albert Ellis asserted, we all are affected by irrational beliefs. 
One of those beliefs is the idea that because something once strongly affected our life, it should definitely affect it indefinitely. And that was Zechariah's automatic thought. Elizabeth's barrenness was final and devastating. We too deal with situations like that. Whether it would be a divorce or the loss of a child or the loss of a business and on and on and on. We think that those situations should define us for life. Remember, our thoughts control how we feel and how we act. At that point, Zechariah had to reframe his thoughts and begin to think differently. He had to replace his negative thoughts with positive ones. There's a baby growing now. There's a baby coming. New life is being birthed in a womb that was once labeled barren. You probably know the rest of the story. Johnny was born and raised according to the word of God. The Bible does not tell us how old he was when he began his ministry. Historians believe that he must have been about 29, 30 years old. The Bible does inform us in Luke chapter 3 that the word of God came to John while he was out in the desert. And then he went throughout the country preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. Just as it has been prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. Now one day, when John was baptizing people in the Jordan River, Jesus appeared. He came to John to be baptized. And at first, John did not want to do it. Imagine this. Jesus, the Son of God. John didn't feel that he was worthy of baptizing Jesus. But finally, John consented and decided to baptize him. And approximately a month and a half after Jesus' baptism, he began his ministry while John continued to prepare the way for him. Probably, as you have read, John was a fiery preacher. He was bold. He did not tickle people's ears, nor did he mince his words. He even rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of the evil things that he was doing. And as a result... Herod put him in jail. Now, prison was not a conducive place for a rugged and wild prophet like John. He was used to wearing garments uh, made out of camel's hair and a belt around his waist and go around the desert eating locusts and wild honey and travel freely from town to town to do his ministry. Now he was in a pit 
a jail cell emotionally and physically. I don't know how many of you have ever been in a pit. See, this situation, the isolation began to really affect his mind, his mental health. He began to have irrational thoughts and to doubt Jesus. Maybe John too believed that Jesus would be a military political figure coming to deliver the Israelites, to set them free from the Roman Empire. Obviously, his expectations were misplaced. As the days went on, John became increasingly anxious. So he sent a message, a word to Jesus through his disciples. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, and see what that message was about. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come? Or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back, report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account to me. May the Lord bless his word this morning. As we can see, doubt was plaguing John's mind. He lost his vision. He lost his hope. He had one point in question for Jesus. Are you the one who was to come? Or should we expect someone else? Truth be told, mostly all of us, most of us, have been in that situation. Crises have come into our lives, and we have been in a pit, and we have asked that same question. Lord, are you the one? Have I placed my faith in a God who's real and powerful? In a God who still answers prayers? This question must have pierced Jesus' heart. Not only was Jesus the Son of God, but he and John were also earthly cousins. They were intimately related. And Jesus' response, and now I'm paraphrasing, but he basically see, said, Johnny, the proof is in the pudding. The work and ministry that I'm doing are evidence enough that I am the promised Messiah. 
According to Jesus' response, John had to come to faith in Christ through the testimony of others, what they have seen, what they have heard, just like us. Perhaps you too came to know Christ because someone said to you, come and see what the Lord has done in my life. Let me tell you about the peace that I received the day that I gave my heart to Jesus. Let me talk to you about the miracle that I experienced when my son or my daughter was ill. Let me share with you the joy that I now experience daily because of my relationship with Christ. Come and see. Go and tell. And just like his daddy, Zechariah, John was doubting the sovereignty and the goodness of God. He, too, needed to reframe his irrational thoughts. Again, irrational thoughts will influence our emotions and behaviors. It does not matter who you are or how old you are. It happens to the best of us. John had been chosen by God, as we already know, to be the prophet who prepared the way for Jesus. He had lived with him. He had shared many, many great times with him. But because he was in isolation and he had allowed irrational thoughts to come into his mind, now he was doubting the person of Christ. We're no different from John. Unmet expectations can create havoc in our lives. And when we let our emotions run wild, it gets worse. Please don't misunderstand me. Emotions are good. God created them. We experience them when we're happy, when we are joyful, when we're sad, when we're frustrated. Emotions are indicators, but do not necessarily have to be dictators. Emotions let us know how we're feeling, but they don't always reflect the way things really are. Remember, perception is more powerful than reality. Truth be told, when you and I find ourselves trapped in our own prison cell or dungeon or pit due to suffering, brokenness, disappointment, betrayal, we too find ourselves asking, are you the one? Did I put my faith in you for nothing? Did I serve you all this time for nothing? Where are you, God? Or should I be looking at something else? Should I be expecting something else? Should I be calling the 1-800-MADAME-00 so that she can read my palms or tell me about the future? Yes, we doubt. These are normal human responses. However, 
Do not let the irrational beliefs overpower you. Reframe. Change the narrative. This is something that has been around in the uh, psychological world for a while. However, it's nothing new because the Bible teaches us to do so. The Bible tells us that when we come into faith, into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we become a new creation. The old is passed away. The new comes into us. We, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We receive a new name once we come to Jesus. Our narrative, the old negative narrative, needs to change. If we truly have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, if he is the one who guides our lives, if we believe his word and we study it and we read it every day and his word has become life in us, we are a new creation. We are able to reframe. Every time those negative thoughts come into our mind, as Martin Luther said once, you cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. You cannot keep the devil from suggesting thoughts, but you can choose not to dwell or act on them. Reframe those thoughts. Yes, send messengers to Jesus, as John did, seek after God. Yes, the situation might not be what you were expecting or what you have planned. I've heard people say, this is not where I thought I would be at my age. This is not what I was planning for, or this is not what I was expecting. But life happens, friends. We're in a fallen world. And even when you have it all planned out, something might, might happen to you that is negative that you have no control over it. But you do have control. We do have control over our thoughts and our attitudes. And you and I can reframe. Instead of meditating on how bad your prison cell is, whatever that might be, whatever that situation is, Reframe it with this. This situation is temporary. And I'm going to believe that God's amazing grace will carry me through it. Just like what he did with Paul. Remember the Apostle Paul? He had a thorn. And theologians have guessed as to what it was. And some say that it was migraine headaches. Others have said depression. I don't know. We don't know what it, is, what it was. However, he went to the Lord in prayer. And he kept asking him, take this away from me. And some people would say, well, God didn't answer his prayer. I beg to differ. Yes, he did. He didn't answer his petition. His petition was take it away from me. But he did answer the prayer. Because he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For it is in your weakness 
that I will make you strong. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Again, I don't know if you have a situation, if you are in a pit, or what it is. But I do know that through the Holy Spirit, we have the power to reframe the situation. Let us pray. Loving Father, you are a good daddy. You do care for your children. And you do love us more than anyone else has ever loved us. Help us to draw near to you. Give us the assurance that we belong to you. No matter what situation we are presently facing, an illness, a relationship issue with a child or a spouse, a grandchild, depression, oppression, anxiety, whatever it might be, Holy Spirit, empower us to reframe our thought patterns today and help us to experience the depth of your love for us. Father, I pray for every person here today. It is your desire to minister to us. I pray for our minds today. As your word says, let this mind be in you who was in Christ Jesus. And in Isaiah 26, you tell us, I will keep in perfect peace those whose mind stay on me. Help us to meditate on your word and your promises and not the situations that we're dealing with. Teach us to reframe, to reject the negativity, and to stand on your promises and trust your word. Oh, draw us near. This we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.